Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theories surrounding it. I won't give you any answers because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decide for yourself. Research is done as academically as possible, and references will be given after the stories. This is a creature feature episode. This one is a folklore episode, but is also sort of a cryptid episode. This week, we're looking at one of my favourite creatures, a beast that terrorised a French province in the 1700s. It's the beast of Gévaudan. Gévaudan was a region in southern France and initially part of the region of Languedoc but is now the region of Lozère. At the time of this story, the area was known for being a remote, isolated and backwater place where the forests were still enchanted. It's the perfect place for a fairy tale filled with horror and one that actually happened. For historical context, It was 1764. The Seven Years' War, a global conflict over colonial expansion, had ended the year before, and France had suffered numerous defeats to the British and Prussians. Louis XV had lost most of his empire, including Canada, and the French economic situation was awful, causing the country to be in a state of disarray. All political news was censored by the king, and newspapers turned to stories of everyday incidents in small villages. One of the stories that gained traction during that time gripped the French with fear. A monster was stalking the rural area of Gévaudan, attacking the people who lived there. The first victim was a 14-year-old girl who was attacked whilst tending to the sheep on a farm. The death was reported in the parish registers and marked the beginning of a long list of deaths attributed to this beast. The deaths rose quickly from there. Local officials and aristocrats took action as the death count rose. Etienne Lafont, a regional government delegate, and Captain Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, leader of a local infantry, organised an attack on the beast. At one point, they had 30,000 volunteers to help them. Duhamel organised the men using military models and left poisoned bait for the beast. The reward for killing the beast eventually equaled an entire year's salary for working men. For people like Duhamel, this hunt was a way to redeem honour and masculinity after the war. Homosexuality scandals had rocked the aristocracy and the loss of territory during the Seven Years' War meant that having the chance to boast about slaying a mysterious beast was really important. It was a chance to claim their masculinity back in a demonstrative way and would mend their reputation. King Louis XV commissioned his best hunters to join the search for this exact reason. At one point, 
Someone claimed to have killed the beast. They claimed the reward and people celebrated the end of a horrific story. The celebrations stopped rather abruptly when the corpse reached Versailles though. They were adamant that this wasn't the beast and merely a run-of-the-mill large wolf. It couldn't have been the beast. Soon enough, the killings began again. The king had squandered large sums of money on the efforts to kill a single creature and refused to finance more efforts. Instead, because the beast had the pattern of almost exclusively attacking women, Duhamel arranged for the volunteers and soldiers to dress as women. The beast had been given human-like qualities by the infantry, and they believed that it would automatically sense that women were more vulnerable than men, and that it could tell the difference between the rich and the poor. Unsurprisingly, these efforts failed. This time, the press was on top of it, reporting the stories of people who had survived attacks to gain popularity and to capitalise on the virtue of peasants. Jacques Portefey and a group of children had been out in a meadow with a herd of cattle in January of 1765 when the beast attacked them. They worked together to scare it off with pikes, long spears that had been used in warfare in the Middle Ages. Portefey's courage was admired so much that Louis XV paid a reward to each of the children and had him educated at the king's own expense. There's also Marie-Jeanne Vallée, who was attacked in August 1765. She managed to defend herself and also attacked the beast, wounding it. This earned her the title of Maiden of Gévaudan and caused her to become a folk hero. A statue stands in her honour in the village of Auvers. She also killed the beast in a modern interpretation in the TV show Teen Wolf during a flashback episode that explained the beast that had been the main villain in season 5B. During this time, gossip was rampant among the peasantry. They attributed special powers to the beast, like the ability to repel bullets like a boomerang. This idea must have sprung up from the fact that, although some people had managed to defend themselves, the hunters of the beast didn't. In February 1765, the Dernavals, a father-son pair from Normandy, announced that they would travel to the area to kill the beast themselves. The father, Jean Charles, boasted that he had already killed 1,200 wolves, which was relevant if the beast was actually a wolf. Nobody knew though, so his boasts fell on deaf ears. The pair were determined to kill the beast. Time after time, they failed and eventually gave up. At this point, Louis XV sent his own gun bearer and bodyguard, Francois Antoine, to do the work. Antoine brought his son and a detachment of men with him to search the forested countryside in search of the beast. In September 1765, he shot and killed a large wolf. It was sent to Versailles, and Antoine received a reward from the king. The region of Gévaudan was grateful. At least for two months. 
a new victim was found and the terror began again. Except this time, Louis XV wasn't interested. The case was closed as far as he was concerned. His son Louis had just died and animal attacks in a rural area were the least of his worries. It was left to the locals to deal with. After 18 months of killings, the locals mobilised. This probably would have been better from the very beginning since they were familiar with the area and the hunters coming in for glory won and had trouble communicating with the locals. Enter the young farmer, Jean Chastel. He had been involved in a previous hunt with Francois Antoine, but had been thrown in prison after leading the men into a bog. He had been released and sent back home after Louis claimed that the beast was killed. In June of 1767, after yet another attack, several men, including Chastel, followed the animal into the forest. According to the story, Jean came face to face with the beast and eventually killed it. After that day, the attacks ended and the beast of Gévaudan had finally been slain. The beast's body was brought to a doctor who performed an autopsy on it. The corpse was then sent to Paris, but the weather was hot and the body rotted. The naturalist and author of Histoire Naturelle, Georges-Louis Leclerc, barely looked at the corpse and had it buried in an unknown location. The reason why is unknown, but it means that scientists and future generations could never study the body to unravel the mystery of the beast. All was not well for Jean Chastel though. His efforts to kill the beast were never acknowledged by the king and he was accused of having trained the beast to attack the locals and became the centre of conspiracies surrounding the attacks. Some believed he was a serial killer and had used the beast as a way to deflect investigations away from him. A hundred years later, the story was retold and magnified by an abbot named Porcher. He told the story of Jean Chastel, a man faithful to the church and the only man who was able to kill an evil monster. A statue of Jean stands in La Bessere Saint-Marie today, honouring the work he put in to kill the beast and rescue the people. In 2001, a film called Brotherhood of the Wolf released. The film depicts the attacks in a loose way. A chevalier is sent to investigate the attacks with a member of the Iroquois tribe. The beast is hardly seen in the film, but causes a lot of suspense due to them. There's also a small museum in Sog that is dedicated to the beast. A wolf sanctuary has also opened in the area called Les Loupes de Gévaudan, which was gifted with 80 wolves in the early 90s and is designed to help remove the bad reputation that wolves have. Now that we've looked at what happened, why don't we look at how the beast was described?
Between 1764 and 1767, a beast stalked and killed the people of the region of Chevoudan. It was killed by a farmer who was subject to conspiracies. But what did this beast look like? In most of the paintings and drawings of the beast, it looks sort of like a giant ferret. It has a long body, small ears and a long tail. The feet have long claws and it sports a long tongue and sharp teeth. But that's not all of the description. It's been described as a large wolf and we know what they look like. Etienne Lafont said in an early report that it had a snout like a calf and very long hair, which made it look more like a hyena apparently. Jean-Baptiste Duhamel described more of this. He said that the beast had a breast as wide as a horse, a body as long as a leopard's, and fur that was red with a black stripe. He believed it was a hybrid creature, with a lion as the father. As for abilities, the beast was said to have supernatural powers. Some said that it was able to walk on its hind legs, had a bulletproof hide, and had fire in its eyes. It also has an amazing leaping ability and had returned from the dead on more than one occasion. With the description of the creature so varied, what could it be? of many forms terrorised rural France in the 1760s. After three years of attacks, it was killed. But what was the beast? There are lots of theories about this one, actually. It's a 300-year-old mystery, so it sort of makes sense. Over the years, so many theories have appeared that it's even more difficult today to really know what the beast was going to start with what the beast was not though. The grey wolf was native to the area, so it's very unlikely that these creatures were the beast. The people of Jevoudan were going to be familiar with those, since they were local animals, and even if there was an outbreak of rabies in the wolf population, they would have been understood as grey wolves. One theory is the hybrid theory. The idea of this is that the beast was a hybrid of a lion or a hyena. The physical description of the beast from La Font does sound a little bit more like a hyena, but a hyena is usually smaller than the average grey wolf. The beast was said to be larger than a wolf, so maybe it wasn't that. A lion matches the size of the beast, but there's a problem with that as well. The aristocracy took part in the hunt for the beast would have been likely that they would have noticed a lion. They appeared a lot in European art as well, so it would have been noticeable if one of them appeared in the forests of France. Some people said that Jean Chastel had bred a wolf with his red mastiff to create a hybrid and taught it to attack humans. 
The bulletproof nature of the beast was then created with the hide of a boar. Still on the subject of animals, some people thought that imported thylacines or Tasmanian tigers were responsible. Where they came from is unknown, but the use of a plural makes it sound like it was a group of them, even though there's no evidence that the attacks were perpetrated by a group of animals. Now we're moving into prehistory for the next set, because a few of the animals living back then fit the bill here. First, we have direwolves. They sound like they belong in a fantasy novel, but they were actually real. They're more related to Asian dolls than they are to grey wolves and could have shared their reddish coats, explaining why nobody understood what it was. They were said to have gone extinct around 13,000 years ago though, so it's not likely, but it's just as possible that they managed to stay alive in small groups. The issue we have here though is that they lived in East Asia and the Americas, so they would have had to have been imported to France silently to avoid being caught. Then we have amphicyanids, or bear dogs. They were prehistoric carnivores and quite large. They were shaped like wolves with large jaws and the robustness of a bear. They went extinct around 2.5 million years ago though, so that's highly unlikely. There's also the possibility of the cave hyena, which is a larger prehistoric version of the hyenas that we see today. These went extinct around 10,000 years ago though, maybe even 30,000 years ago, so it's just as unlikely that these are, these are the culprit. All three of these possibilities are unlikely, but the coelacanth was thought to be extinct for a long time before being rediscovered. It's possible that a small population of one of these prehistoric animals could have existed in rural France three years ago. One theory simply categorises the beast as a cryptid. We know that it's not a type of animal really, so we have to dive a little deeper for that. Cryptozoologist Ryan Tremblay believes that the beast was actually a dogman, which I went through in Creature Feature 30. Most sightings of dogmen happen in the US, but there are sightings that have been reported in Europe, so this isn't too far out in terms of theories. Following on from that, we couldn't talk about dogmen without mentioning the possibility of it being a werewolf. One of the key details of Marie-Jeanne Vallée's attack is that she had managed to wound the beast. Jean Chastel was also said to have killed the beast with a silver bullet. These two people are central to the extended lore of the beast, and the idea of them using silver to wound and kill the beast is important. It's the first recorded reference of the silver bullet, and the idea of using silver was that it had religious symbolism. However, there's a gaping hole here. Silver hadn't become one of the werewolf's weaknesses yet, so it jumps the lore by quite some time. One of the theories for this creature is that it was actually a serial killer, disguising themselves as an animal to attack and kill the women of the area. The beast was given human-like properties during the hunt for it, so it's entirely possible. One suspect for this was Jean Chastel, who was accused of fabricating the attacks to draw suspicion away from him, but it could have been anyone. 
This one makes more sense than the other theories, since it could have been anyone, and would explain why the wolves being killed didn't have stopped the attacks. The beast of Gévaudan is dead, and nobody knows where its corpse is. What was it? We're never going to find out, unless we can find those bones. Story and descriptions from this episode came from a Smithsonian article called When the Beast of Gévaudan Terrorised France and a France Today article called The Legend of the Beast of Gévaudan. The theories from this episode came from an article from The Collector called The Beast of Gévaudan, Hunting the Monster of 18th Century France. A Wanderopolis article called What Was the Beast of Gévaudan? And a Countair article called The Beast of Gévaudan, the monster that terrorised 18th century France. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and am in the process of posting short pieces of episodes to TikTok as well as putting the episodes on YouTube. I have a Patreon that is now filled with all of the scripts from season one but I'm still deciding what else to post on it this season. There's a £3 tier if you want to support me anyway. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said. Once I've seen the email, I'll make sure to correct myself. The next episode will be out on Wednesday, and next week's Creature Feature will be out on Saturday, February 18th. So hold on until then. <laughs>